The following podcast is from Axe Church Leander in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe Church Leander can be found at axechurchleander.com. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and your children after them may fear the Lord and your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I have that I give you and so that you may enjoy long life hear O Israel and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey just as the Lord the God of your fathers promised you hear O Israel the Lord your God the Lord is one love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength these commands that I give you are today are to be upon your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down. Tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. B-E-A-Utiful. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you, Terry. Uh, again, welcome online. Welcome in person. It's good to be with you guys today. I'd ask you guys to pray with me as we dive into today's uh, sermon. Heavenly Father, Lord, you're a good God. Uh, you are a God who um, constantly finds ways to interact with us. Lord, through baptism, through conversation, through music, uh, through your word. Lord, I pray that today as we uh, kick off the series, Acts Like Jesus. Lord, as we uh, work and seek to be formed by you. uh, Lord, that we're drawn closer to you. Lord, and that drawing closer to you, we could draw closer to each other as well. We say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. So within all of our faith journeys, there are times where God kind of reveals a little bit deeper what he's trying to do in our life. In our, in our faith walk. And for me, it's kind of cyclical. Like, I, I have to learn things over and over again because, you know, I'm a man and I'm an idiot. Uh, and so I have to, you know, kind of relearn and, re- oh, yeah, that's right. That, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that from five years ago. Well, I was meeting with the elders about a month and a half ago, and uh, we are really starting to rethink what discipleship looks like at Acts and how we do and live out our values. Uh, next week, AJ is going to have a really cool message on kind of where that is going as a church. But we were talking through specifically what is discipleship. And we were reflecting on all of our own journeys of how we had become disciples of Christ and lived that out. And in that discussion and in that conversation, one of the things that bubbled up to the surface was a simple definition of a disciple is someone who is like their master. I mean, that that is the simplest definition of what a disciple is. Sometimes we overthink it, or we think thinking is really the important part about being a disciple of Christ, and so it's having all the right answers on God's giant tests that he wants us to take, right? Right? And knowing the right things about God, having the right answers is part of it, but it's not all of it. In fact, when you look at the Gospels, Jesus is much less concerned or spends a lot less time talking about just knowing the right answer. And he spends a lot more time trying to get them to reflect his love back towards God and back towards each other. A disciple is to be like Christ. And then what hit me in that elders meeting, and quite frankly, what has reverberated since, is that reality that God wants us to be like him. 
think about that for a moment. We're, we're supposed to be like Jesus. That, that same level of love, that same level of compassion for others, that's heavy. That's real. In fact, that's a lot more than I typically think of Christianity as a religion. And it's certainly a lot more than I put on myself. Because it's so easy for me just to want to be like the guy who checks off all the boxes, right? Did I do my one good deed today? Did, did, I, did I not honk my horn when that guy cut me off? But, but God's asking for something deeper. He's actually saying, guys, I want you to be like me. I want you to be transformed into the image, the Imago Deo, this thing that he gave all of us of God. And so this series, Acts Like Jesus, has a bunch of different plays on it. But Jesus wants Acts Church Leander to be like him. He wants you to be like him. He wants your families to operate like he did, like he does. And so we're going to look at four different ways that we are formed in the image of God. Today we're going to look at scripture and how we engage scripture and how that forms us and molds us. Next week we're going to look at Christian community and how that forms us and molds us. We're going to look at prayer and meditation. And then we're going to talk about acts of love. We'll probably name drop the uh, uh, nonprofit, but also through service. Through loving others, we are formed like God. But today, we're going to start off with Scripture, which is a huge topic, right? We've done an entire sermon series on how to read your Bible. When I was trying to do this message this week, honestly, I felt like I had pitten off a little bit more than I could chew. Like, I kept trying to, like, go at it. I'm like, that's a big topic. Oh, that's a big... Like, they're not going to sit in my lawn for, like, three hours. That's not going to work. But, but ultimately, I think when we look at it through the lens of how are we using Scripture to form us like God, it gets a little bit more manageable. It gives us a starting place. The Scripture that Brenda read was from Deuteronomy. And in the history of the church, the history of what God is doing in the church, starts in the Old Testament, where God gave his people, the Israelites, the Torah, which was literally the law. And the reason why we say the law, not the laws, is because technically the Torah was one giant word. In ancient Israel, uh, they didn't have spacing, and they didn't have vowels. And so all the letters were literally all put together in a scroll. And the scroll just kept going further and further and further. And those first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, Leviticus, all five of those were considered the law, the Torah. And God said, what you are supposed to do is you're supposed to write these laws down, these rules down. Most famously, those would be the Ten Commandments, right? Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. Big old list of things to do and things not to do. And there are times in my life I really like lists. I don't know about you, but rules, as much as I can rebel against them, at least make things simple, right? Say this, don't say this. Don't speed. Don't talk back. Don't lie. Don't steal. Right? Rules make things simple. But, but there's, there's a problem with rules. And the problem is the guy in the mirror. Because, see, when it comes to rules, I have two very sinful ways of dealing with them. Part of me is the rebel, right? I don't want to brush my teeth. And so I go out of my way to not brush my teeth, right? I'll spend more time, literally, not brushing my teeth and figuring out how I'm going to do that than the two minutes it's going to take me to actually 
brush my teeth because I am sinful. We're all sinful. We, we all miss the mark at times. But there's a flip side. Sometimes it's the rebellion in me that doesn't like to follow rules. But sometimes it's my pride that wants to follow the rules. Because then I have justification if something goes wrong. I can hold it against other people. Well, I followed the rules. You didn't. And it protects my ego. And when we look at the Old Testament to the New Testament, one of the biggest transitions that happens is we move from prescriptive religion to descriptive faith. Prescriptive means I'm going to prescribe you certain things you're supposed to do. Do this. Don't, ooh, don't do that. I got real hot real quick. Uh, Tanner? Okay. <laughs> um, uh, so prescriptive, descriptive. Uh, and again, Old Testament, tons of prescriptive. All the law, right? And we actually see where that got us by the time we get to the New Testament. Because we had gone from the first five books of the Bible, the big Ten Commandments, to by the time that Jesus shows up, there were literally thousands of rules that the priests wanted the Jewish people to follow to quote-unquote please God. Right? They had prescribed down to the fact of how many steps you could take on your day off. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm having a day off, I don't want to be counting steps, right? And this is pre-phone now, right? This is pre-smartwatch that tells you how many you had gone, right? Where at least now it would be a little bit easier. No, no, no. This is time where it's like if you took over, you know, 276 steps, you're done. You, you failed in following your day off. And yet, even in that, even with all the rules, we, we keep wanting them. In fact, the disciples kept wanting them. In Matthew 18, Peter goes to Jesus and says, Lord, how many times do I have to forgive my brother? Seven times? See, in that, it's the protecting of ego that he's asking. How many times do I have to forgive my brother before I can finally be like, no, we're done? How many times do I have to forgive my coworker until I'm allowed to say, you know what, shove off, we're done. Right? It's the ego in us that wants that rule. A little bit later, the Pharisees come to Jesus. And they say, well, what is the most commandment? What's the big rule? And Jesus says, not one specific. He says, love God with everything you have, love your neighbor as yourself. But when you really dive into that, you realize, well, that's a bunch of rules. If you really want to figure it out, right? Then you have the rich young ruler. Mark 10 comes to Jesus. And he was the chief rule follower. He comes and he says, Lord, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus tells him, well, you know the Old Testament. You know all the rules. And he goes, you know, love God, take care of your parents. And this man in desperation says, I've done all of that. Have I done enough? And I love Mark's account of that text. Because Mark says that Jesus had compassion on the man. Jesus loved the man. Jesus wasn't trying to put a barrier in front of him. He was actually trying to answer the question. 
So Jesus responds, well, there's just one thing you lack. Sell everything you have and follow me. And the man went away sad. He couldn't do that one thing. You see, what happened was Jesus moved from prescriptive, do these X amount of things and you're going to be okay, to descriptive, guys, I want to form you into something different. I want to change you so you're less obsessed with what is right and wrong in a rule-based category. And I want to mold you to reflect my love and my care and my compassion. Uh, in recovery, in 12-step work, there's a line that I've always really liked. And it says that you will eventually intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle you. To intuitively understand how to respond. Because that's really what it's about, right? It's not about all the rules. It's not about getting it perfect. It's about when the mess of life happens. How are we going to respond? How are we going to either reflect God back into a situation, or are we going to let our own mess get in the way? And the beautiful thing is God wants us to take that first option. And not just wants us to take it, but he wants us to be formed into it. He gives us the opportunity to do something different. To be something different that we just intuitively know how to handle situations when there's an argument in the house or someone cuts you off and not just on the negative side but on the positive side we get to understand what real joy is what real love is what real peace is and in a world that is not at peace right now that promise is powerful that ability to be different not just to act different is huge. So, so what does that look like? We actually read one of the verses in the baptism. The longer form of 2 Timothy is this, but as for you, church, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of because you have learned it from the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. All Scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting and training in righteousness. Why? So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Paul is writing to Timothy, a Christian. And he says, Scripture is the breath of God. That's literally what it means. But like in the Greek, that's how you would translate it. God is breathing on top of you when you engage in his word. And it's useful to teach you. It's useful to rebuke you when all of us need to be rebuked sometimes in our attitudes or our actions. It's useful to correct, to kind of help change course a little bit. And it's useful to train, to raise up, to produce fruit so that we, as God's kids, can do good in the world, can be agents of God's love in his heart, to be a reflection, to let the world know, to let our family know, to let our brothers and our sisters and our moms and our dads and our next door neighbors know that God loves them. 
The question is, how do we do that? And in that, I again do a checklist, right? It's like, okay, so we spent this whole time not going over checklists. Now here's your checklist to be formed by the word of God. But the reality is, there are thousands of ways to engage God's word. You can read through the Bible. You can listen to meditations. You can do deep study guides. You can do Bible studies in groups. Right? There are literally endless ways to engage God's word. It's not what we do with it. It's our posture when we approach it. That's the issue. That's where the real magic happens. So I'm, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of insight into my faith walk being formed by Scripture right now. About eight months ago, uh, I started counseling. And I, I, didn't, I, I started going to counseling. There we go. Because, um, you know, 2020, all of us need counseling when this is done. Probably also a lot of other things. But regardless, um, about in 2020, eight months ago, I started going to counseling. Christian counselor. And he gave me 10 Bible verses. And he calls it a track. And you start with one, and you reflect, and you meditate on that. And then when you feel comfortable that you understand what that's happening, then you go on to the next one. But the idea isn't to race through it. The idea isn't to uh, check it off a box. The idea is every day to spend time with those verses to understand the truth of what they are. And so the first verse comes from the Psalms, and it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be praised throughout the world. And so for me, what that looks like is when I'm going into a contentious situation, I pause, and I breathe, and say, be still and know that I am God. And I remember, I'm not God. He is. I'm not in control of whatever's going to happen in this contentious situation. I am not in control of the outcome. And that's not my role. He is God. And, and that forms me a little bit. The second verse that I'm memorizing and working on is from Micah. You know, O mortal, what is good and what the Lord requires of you. Seek justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. So every morning I pray and I reflect on that. You, O mortal, oh yeah, that's right. Not only am I not God, but I'm not like a demigod. I'm mortal. I'm not perfect. I'm not all-powerful. But, but I do know what's good. And I know what he's asking of me today. To seek justice. To seek biblical outcomes in every relationship and every action I take. To love mercy. To love the things of the heart of God. To walk in compassion. And then to walk humbly with my God. To realize that as I go out through this day, he's God, I'm the mortal. And together, we're going to handle it. Together, we're going to walk through it. And he's going to be the one doing the heavy lifting. The next verse is, The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came that you may have life and life to the full. Oh, that's right. When I engage in the way of the world. When I play tit for tat. When I don't turn the other cheek. When I post that thing 
or consume a bunch of stuff that I know isn't going to be healthy for my headspace, that's going to kill, still, or destroy any hope I have. But Jesus, well, he came that I may have life and life abundantly. So, so when I stick with him, when my posture's there, then I'm formed in that, and I love a little bit better. And I actually enjoy life better. I get more joy. I get more excitement. I get more peace. And, and I walk through each day, engagement, reflecting on that. And now, I might not do this forever and ever, amen. This is the season of life I'm in. I've read through the Bible before. Maybe that's where you're at right now. Kind of digging some meditation stuff. You may have joined us with that with Lent, where we just prayed through the last 24 hours of Jesus and just reflected on those words and kind of hung out there. Awesome. But it's letting the breath of God, Scripture, engaging with it from a posture of, how does this change me? Not what does it want me to do, right? That's, not, that's where we want to start. But that doesn't end us in the right spot. You see, if we're changed, we'll intuitively know what to do. If we're connected to the Holy Spirit, if we are in rhythm with what God is doing, our actions become a lot easier. But it's when we are changed, it's when we are formed, when we allow ourselves to experience that, that's where all the rest of the beauty, all the rest of the magic, all the rest of the life and life to the full happens. That's how we're formed by Scripture. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Axe Church Leander. If you would like to hear more, subscribe to this podcast and stay tuned for future messages. You can also follow us on social medias, on Facebook and on Instagram. And you can also find more information at axechurchleander.com. See you next time.